Thanks for tuning in to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Last week, we discussed let go and play. So I got to ask, how have you learned to leave that comfort zone and grow? What new activity have you tried? What stories from the growth zone can you share with us? We would love to know. Head over to playtheory.org and comment on the episode post or jump over to the Facebook group and start the conversation there. Let's kick things off with our highlight reel as usual, where we share some of the good things happening in the world. This first one is from one of our own Play Theory members in the Facebook group, Rose Moulton Hodnett, who said, Jacob, age nine, and Paul, age six, and their dad helped their neighbor plant over 600 vegetables in our field in one evening. That is awesome. Way to go, Jacob and Paul. That's amazing. Rose also shared a play theory application thought about being present, which is very timely given our topic for today's episode. She says, as a mom of five, I find myself jumping from moment to moment rather quickly. There are so many things that call for my attention at the same time, making the food, potty training, helping with homework, cleaning the mess. Sometimes I feel like I'm cramming a whole lot of moments into a very short amount of time. And in order to not get disoriented, I have to be looking at what's coming next. And then she uses this awesome metaphor. Listen to this. It's sort of like hopping from stone to stone through a river. I have to remember to take it one stone at a time. If I look too far ahead while jumping, I'll likely miss what's right in front of me and fall. Rose, that is such an awesome thought. Thank you for sharing. It's hard to be present as a parent sometimes, but that is where life happens and that's where parenthood happens as well. Thank you for sharing that. Here's one more from our Play Theory community and the Facebook group. Emily Holmes Barton, who shared some local good news, said, Neighborhood pickleball has finally started up again, and occasionally my youngest allows me to play more than two games. Pickleball starting up again is definitely good news. I think we can all feel, as some of our communities slowly resume activity, just how awesome it is to get some sense of normalcy returning after the craziness of COVID-19, which is still going on. But we love being able to play pickleball. So stay safe, wash your hands, go play pickleball. Now onto the team huddle. I never get sick of reading those five-star reviews, so keep them coming. Muffin Guy said, I love play theory so much. This podcast is the kind of thing I've been dreaming of. Being able to share play theory with a larger audience and help other people feel the great effects play theory has on their lives is so amazing. Definitely check it out. You won't regret it. Well, Muffin Guy, you're the kind of listener we've been dreaming of. Couldn't agree more with your review. Thank you so much. Sophia Jensen said, I am beyond pumped for this podcast. I listened to the first episode and I cannot wait for all the other episodes already. Play Theory can change your life. It's changed mine and I'm looking forward to it changing my life even more. We are too, Sophia. Thank you so much for that amazing podcast review and keep them coming. Our Facebook community, as I've already said, is growing 
and we are sharing some awesome stuff in there. So if you haven't already, head over to playtheory.org and follow the Join the Community call out there on the homepage and come join the conversation. I am beyond excited today to introduce to you Stephanie Whiting. I've known Stephanie for a number of years, and I can't say enough good about her. She is an amazing warrior mama of six kids. She's got five girls, one boy. And besides that, she loves spending time with her family. She's a running, soccer, hiking, reading, and musical theater enthusiast. And her and her family recently bought a ranch with 16 horses that they care for. Stephanie is also the momager for her kids' music group called Torch Family Music, and they are sharing light in the world. And one of her favorite books is The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. You got to know, Stephanie and I, we got to know each other a few years ago really well. We put together a play theory camp for a co-op group and there was, wasn't there, there was like 40 kids. Yeah, right? there were I mean, quite a few. <laughs> it was a pretty big group. <laughs> More than I expected, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I remember the excitement was just, uh, just through the roof and we had such a blast. We did a four week workshop with these kids and it was just amazing. And we had so much fun. I wasn't quite sure what I was signing up for when we had when we had put that together. But I just I loved how you just ran with the principles, you embraced them and really made them available to those kids who just ate it up. I have such good memories of that. But I, I have a few questions. So you have a ranch and you have horses. That's amazing. How long have you been doing that? A little over a year and a half ago, we moved to where we currently live and bought a ranch. Uh, my oldest daughter had really been into horses throughout her life, but none of the rest of us had. So, But with her willingness to help us learn, we kind of just jumped into it. And this is like our new life and our new normal now, taking care oh. of horses. And we have three of our own that we own and then other people board on our property. That is so cool. Actually, before we hit record, Stephanie said that we could uh, we could come and ride her horses and that she might even strap a unicorn horn onto one of them for my daughter. <laughs> so now it's immortalized on the podcast. So now you have to do that. <laughs> there we go. I will. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about Torch Family Music. Um, so it's a music group that my kids have, and uh, we started a few years ago. All growing up, my kids would put on plays like every single day. They would get together and decide a play they'd put on, or they'd put on a little musical <laughs> or something like that. And so they've always done stuff together. And when I realized that they all loved singing and they all loved music, uh, we felt inspired to start a group together. And we've been able to perform at many places recently before COVID hit. We had the opportunity to tour in the Philippines and sing for many, many groups there, church groups, school groups. It was an amazing experience. And it's just been an awesome experience that my family's had for us to be able to grow closer together doing this and hopefully touch lives as well with our music. That is amazing. We're for sure going to put a link in the show notes um, 
for so people can follow that journey too because you are very talented you have very talented children and thank you uh, it's been so fun to to see you sharing that light with the world very cool stuff the philippines how was the food in the philippines by the way we loved it and the people there are so gracious i think we ate like five meals a day so (laughs) (laughs) it was just yeah it was very humbling so much love so since performing and and touring in the Philippines, what's been the the reception there or what is there kind of like a following there now? Yeah, so we I mean, if you want to talk about just numbers on with our YouTube channel, we went there with maybe several hundred followers. Now we have tens of thousands of followers on our YouTube channel since we've been to the Philippines. So they they've been wow. very receptive and we're definitely we're definitely hoping to go back sometime for sure. Way to share goodness. I love that. Thank you. Well, let's dive in here into some of these questions. What is your favorite play theory principle and why? That's a really hard question. They're also great. I know. Um, so I would think look outward is my favorite. I feel like that um, without all the others, that you can't have look outward. And so that would I would think that would be the one that encapsulates all of them. It focuses on service, it focuses on on helping others. Um, but as you help others and bless others' lives, um, as you are looking outward, it also blesses your own life. And then it allows you to utilize all of the aspects of play theory. Look outward. I mean, with what we were just talking about, the music, the Torch family music, it's very evident that's your favorite principle or, or one of them, because you've always been so good at just sharing and thinking about others and how to to serve the the community. And so I just wanted to say on record that Stephanie Whiting embodies look outward and you are so good at making your partner look good. And I experienced that when we did, when we worked together for the play theory group, but that makes sense that that's your favorite one because you're really good at it. (laughs) Thank you. You're so kind. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about the application of play theory and how it's benefited your life. So how did you first start using play theory in your life? And maybe let's go back in time to when you were introduced to it and, and kind of how that all went about. So when I first started getting into musical theater with my kids, um, I was introduced to play theory and it was just like this, like mind blowing, like, Whoa, like this different way to look at theater, (laughs) Um, taking it from an aspect of it's all about me to an aspect. If it's all about the audience, it's all about my scene partner it's all about how can I bless others' lives through this medium. That just like totally changed my perspective on what theater and musical theater can be. And, and that was just so, like I said, eye-opening, mind-blowing. It was such a blessing. Um, so I was able to take this as um, a director in musicals and plays that I directed and help the youth that I worked with kind of look at look at the play they were in and life in general with a whole new perspective. Like I mentioned, how can I serve my scene partner? How can I serve the audience? How can I step outside of my own insecurities into a place of confidence 
it was really an amazing experience when I was able to embody the play theory principles and also um, help youth do that as well. And theater is such a powerful uh, medium, I think, to to experience the principles, you, you know, in a safe environment. But then I love that you you didn't stop there, though, that you really helped those, with, you know, that you were directing to take the principles outside of the stage or off the stage and into their lives. And that's where it gets powerful. And we've talked about that in previous episodes that it's not just for theater people. But it does happen to be a very helpful thing for directors. And like you said, it's easy, I think, in theater, if you're not careful, to focus inward and make it all about, you know, make it the me show and, um, you know, kind of get intoxicated by the spotlight, if you will. But play theory counters that in a beautiful way. And, you know, especially when you take that off the stage, it's so powerful. So. Yeah, very for cool. sure. For very sure. Cool. We, I mean, I would always talk about with the youth, um, we would apply it in theater, but then I, I would always follow up with, and where have you seen this in life? Where have you met someone who's been a hundred percent present? Who do you know that, you, that yes, and others, you know, and constantly looking for that and then having them share experiences when they've been able to utilize that in their own life. Oh, I love it. So let's shift gears just a little bit here because you you were introduced to this through the theater scene and and you applied it there initially. But how have you seen play theory benefit your family? I want to talk about the power of play theory in the family unit for a second. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So powerful. You know, as kids grow, um, my oldest is 19 and my youngest is eight. And we were introduced to this probably when my oldest was around 11, 10, 11, somewhere around there. And um, it has been such a blessing to our family's life because, you know, as kids grow, um, there are insecurities that come and they go through those um, teenage years of trying to figure out who they are and the difficulties of that. But play theory has really given my kids um, a foundation to be able to remember a culture, if you will, um, a culture of our family of, of being able to be a hundred percent present um, of letting go and playing. Um, I have some kids that have some, some anxiety as, I mean, we all know people or have experienced ourselves that have that, but some of these, um, some of these, principles have really helped us to be able to work through some of the normal everyday anxieties that youth go through as they're growing up in a difficult world. And that is so important to understand, you know, anxiety, mental health. I just saw an article on, I think it was Forbes, might've been Inc.com, but Mental health across the board is just with the pandemic, everything going on is uh, it's getting it's getting harder to keep that anxiety and depression and uh, that compulsive behavior at bay. And so but I love this as a as a parent, you know, you've been able to use play theory to address some of that head on with your children. And I know 
some parents listening, you know, I would venture a guess that all parents listening are very interested in having tools to help their children navigate some of these um, some of these obstacles, right? And as you mentioned, there's seasons of life that are that are probably harder than others in adolescence. But what um, what specific tools could you touch on, you know, as a parent to really address mental health and emotional well being? Being 100% present is so huge. Um, we talk about there's no fear in the present. A technique that we've been taught by therapists is grounding, where you focus on like, I'm touching the earth, I'm touching this table, I'm, and it really just brings you back to the moment, which is a, being 100% present. Oftentimes, if, if my kids are feeling anxious or um, worrying about the future or what's about to happen or what could happen, that's often where we find our most anxiety when we we spend time worrying about the future that we don't even know what's going to happen. But if we can, if, you know, at those moments, I try to talk to my kids about the idea of being a hundred percent present, grounding themselves in the moment where we're at and focusing on, on, on the joy. And, and these hard times are real, but if we can somehow shift our focus to the present, that can help a lot. I also think the principle of let go and play is really huge as my kids have tried to work through insecurities, talking about the idea of who they know that can let go and play and step outside of their comfort zones. And for them, they've, they've realized, you know, if I can do that more, because I have some kids that, that inherently have been quieter in their life and at moments shy. And the principle of let go and play has been so powerful for them realizing that as I do that, I can serve those around me. I can, and I realize that it, it allows me to be more giving, more service oriented as I realize that I can step outside of my comfort zone and be who I want to be. Stephanie, this is awesome. So, I mean, just two, two quick things. So being present, that piece of grounding in the moment, that is huge. And as a parent, um, even just with my, my children who are younger, but I, you know, we've taught my, my oldest daughter to, you know, when she's feeling big emotions or, you know, sometimes it's anxiety about the future, but it can also be regret or pain from the past, you know, traumatic experience that have happened. But even in these micro moments of really unmanageable emotions, you know, and she's really young still, she's only four right now, but we've just taught her to take a deep breath. And even at age four, she's learning the power of be present. And I love that you've really taken that and run with it in your parenting as well, because those are huge issues, you know, that anxiety about the future and that regret or that pain trauma from the past that takes you out of the moment. If you can find those techniques to ground yourself, then you can combat those. So I love that. I think it also, if you're mourning something or um, something's really difficult, I've learned and tried to teach my kids that it also can help you process those emotions that sometimes need to be processed rather than trying to run from them or hide from them. Being 100% present in your emotions can also really help the processing. And that addresses kind of this tendency to numb out or to suppress the emotions. And I love that you're bringing that in. At the end of the day, big emotions do need to be processed. And, and you kind of, you know, it's not always healthy to just 
you know, pretend they don't exist either. So I, I love that application too. As a parent, I really just want my children to be conduits of light. I want them to go out into the community and be good. I want them to be a, a source of of comfort and service to other people. And what you touched on with Let Go and Play is absolutely crucial for that because, as you mentioned, it's only when we get outside of our comfort zone and we really are stretching ourselves and growing ourselves that we are able to then look outward and serve in more profound ways. So I think of your children and their their musical aspirations and their performances and I can imagine there was some anxiety about that or especially for um you know for for anyone who's shy that's a pretty daunting task and you know going on tour and getting up on stage I can imagine uh that there were some moments of of anxiety or hesitation with that as you've really embraced let go and play have you seen that have you seen them come out of their shell and and help in that way too for sure i mean part of it is just like get out there and do it just kind of let go of your insecurities and be willing to put it on the table if you look at our first performance and then fast forward to now <laughs> there's a huge difference but i was so proud of them that first performance that we did it was at a fair near where we lived and um, there weren't a ton of people in the audience which was probably good <laughs> but um, but they've just grown so much and it's because they've been willing to let go and play each time they get on a stage overcome their insecurities because there definitely were some then and now they they tell me that mom I barely get nervous when I get on a stage anymore I enjoy it and I was just grateful for those the knowledge and the tools that I had been taught that I could give them to be able to work through some of some of those scary moments of some of our first performances. And there still are some. I mean, in the Philippines, one of the schools that we sang at had over a thousand kids and that was the biggest audience wow. they'd ever they'd ever performed for. And so they were definitely a little bit nervous. They wow. they did it and they did an awesome job. So just thinking fast forwarding now as in all of the ideals in my head, right. That I want all the outcomes that I hope for in, in my children. I just, I put myself in your shoes and your mama heart has just got to be swelling with so much pride as you see them get up there and push through that fear and share their light and goodness. Knowing that your husband's also bought into this, uh, you know, and, and embraced play theory and using it as a parent, um, how have you two together really leveraged these principles to be a better parent? Basically, it really just sets the tone for our outlook on how we raise our children. It's a filter that we look through these principles. One of the huge principles, I think, is accept and build as a parent and as um, a couple, as we communicate, if we can embody accept and build then we are able to better communicate about our children and how we want to to raise them. And, and also, as a parent-child relationship, accept and build is so huge. Well, they're all huge. Um, looking outward, all of them are so important. But I think accept and build, it allows a child-parent relationship to to grow and to create that bond that a child feels heard 
they feel accepted, they feel validated, but they also, you can also build upon where they're at in moments where if discipline is needed, um, they can still feel heard and receive the discipline because um, you're accepting what they're saying and you're building upon it in things that they need to improve on. But it, it provides, again, that, that feeling of acceptance and love that is needed in a family. And that one is huge as a parent. I love the example of your child approaches you and wants to eat a cookie before they've ate dinner. The temptation for a parent is to to reject the offer, to say to say no, right? You have to eat dinner first and then you can have the cookie, right? And I think that's a pretty typical yeah. response one could have, right? If that's the rule, you eat dinner before you have any kind of dessert or sweets. But when you apply accept and build and really that validation piece that you you touched on, you might say, oh my goodness, aren't your mother's cookies delicious? I love that <laughs> you love them, right? So that's the accept part, the validation. And if you eat all of your dinner and you eat it quick, you know, we can let you have two cookies, <laughs> you know? You're just redirecting, right? But you're validating. And that yeah. validation piece is so crucial as a parent to to make sure, as you said, that your kid feels heard, that, you know, that they, they really feel accepted. Because if they don't feel that, that's when the walls go up. That's when the tantrums happen. That's when the, you know, the disconnect between you and your child really happens is when they're not feeling heard and their cup isn't filled in that way. So I love that you brought that in. Since you brought up accept and build, I'm going to throw in a bonus question that's not necessarily parenting related, but now kind of taking a step back and looking at your your life in general, particularly I'm curious to know with going all in with this ranch and taking on that lifestyle, which is not something you've done before, how has accept and build really helped you thrive there and and maybe kind of a again, a more holistic, high-level perspective in life in general. How has Accept and Build just helped you roll with the punches and and kind of thrive in that way? <laughs> I think as my husband and I work together on this, that's a huge one because sometimes I'll just assume like he should know, <laughs> he should know like certain things on how to fix something or he thinks maybe I do. And we're both like, we have no idea how to do this. A water line just broke. We've never fixed a water line. It's really um, <laughs> helping us to grow in areas we've never grown before. And and it's helped us to accept the fact that, oh, neither of us know a lot about this. Let's build on this together. And so um, it's been really cool for our relationship um, to be able to learn things together. Um, we've always really wanted something we could work on together. And I feel like a lot of this We've we've found Saturdays are some of our most joyful times when we can be outside all day working together and we love it. And it's just been something as a whole family um, Saturday mornings. Well, we divide up the work throughout the week, but Saturday mornings, we're all out there together. And um, it's just been so fun to and those are great moments to talk with that we've been able to grow as a family and accept the things that that we're learning and kind of laugh at ourselves that we don't know about the ranch and then build on that. And we have learned so much in a year and a half, but I feel like it's really brought our family closer together 
because of that principle, accepting um, where we're at with it and then growing. I mean, I think any new endeavor we jump into really embodies that accept and build because you have to accept what you don't know and then inevitably you build upon it. Oh, that's an adventurous lifestyle. And, uh, <laughs> but definitely yeah, an there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of let go and playing that happens too. I imagine going out of the comfort yes. zone. There. How has play theory really benefited and improved your marriage? I think again, um, all aspects of play theory can be applied to life and applied to marriage in every aspect of marriage. When Craig and I go out to dinner, um, we've really talked about how we want to stay off of our phone and be a hundred percent present. And it was, it was that phrase that I'd been taught that because of it being introduced to play theory, that we were able to put um, language to what we want to accomplish in our marriage and, and the principles that we want to have when we're out on a date, we want to be a hundred percent present. I mean, Craig's in real estate and his phone is going off all hours of the day um, as people want to access him as their agent. And so to, for us to be able to put our phone down and spend time going on a date or, or talking, that has been super important. Being 100% present has been so important. Um, I think accept and build um, is something that I talked about. I think I already talked about that and how communication is key. Um, let go and play. I think an intimate relationship in marriage that is so important and can really create bonds and, and, and allow that aspect to grow as well. That is so important. Um, looking outward, I think in service to each other, as we serve each other, our lives are very busy. Um, but if we can look for opportunities to serve times that we're able to do that more, I feel like we feel more connected and we feel more love for each other. And obviously that ebbs and flows because life can be hard. But as we try to embody the principles of play theory, I feel like our marriage is definitely stronger the times that we're remembering that more. Awesome. And I totally agree with everything you said. It's, they <laughs> all help so much. Stephanie, I just have one last question for you that we ask at the end of every show when we have a guest on. And that okay. is, what is your pro tip for applying play theory for our listeners? Start small. Um, I would think to apply it, it's sometimes it's easier to find it in other people and look to opportunities where you can look for it in other people and then see how they do it and try to apply it in your life. Take one of the aspects of play theory that you feel like will benefit your life the most in that moment and just learn it by doing it. Really try to apply it and maybe maybe journal like Every time that you've seen yourself be able to apply it in your life, if it's let go and play, look for those moments in your day to be able to do that in whatever aspect that is, um, whether it's if you're nervous to go talk to someone and you choose to do it or it's um, anything really that you that you can let go and play in and then write and, and see your progress. I think that's super important. Celebrate any little progress that that someone makes in the aspects of play theory and because it's just going to build and build and and become more of a 
normal culture in your life and a part of your life. And that's something that I love about play theory. Anywhere that I've used it in musicals, in life, um, we've been able to teach it to church groups, youth groups that we've participated with. Um, it becomes this culture of of any environment that you enter as you bring it, as you teach people, as you embody it in your own life. Oh, that's so good. And because we know happiness is a skill and yeah. you have to practice, right? I love how you uh, touched on that. And and journaling is a powerful way to do that. Just keep a journal. Um, I, I used to have a play theory journal. I want to do that again, where I would just kind of write, a principle that I had had experienced or that I wanted to, to do that day in the morning. And then I would try to apply it throughout the day and then I would capture kind of the outcomes. And that's a great way to go about that. But start small and practice those skills. Thank you. You're welcome. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. This was just a treat. I, I loved all of the nuggets you shared and I know our listeners are going to really benefit from you imparting of your wisdom and experience and um, so excited to come down and ride some horses on your ranch. Yes, please do. Oh, thank you so much for having me um, on this podcast. Neil, you're doing awesome stuff. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so excited to see you and your family when you guys come ride our horses. <laughs> we definitely will. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Happiness Playbook brought to you by Play Theory. It was so fun having Stephanie Whiting join us today and talk about Play Theory in parenthood and marriage. So thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. Just a reminder to all of our listeners, life is a team sport. Catch you next week. <laughs>